you're almost famous. You just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour two of Almost Famous begins now. And welcome to the second hour of Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD, the South Shores radio station. My name is John Shea, introducing you to local music every Tuesday night from 8 till 10 p.m. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. We call it Almost Famous. And in studio tonight on the Tiny stage, let's say hello to Annalise Emmerich. Annalise, good evening. How are you? I'm so great. So happy to be here this evening. It's good to have you back. It's been a <laughs> long time since you've been here. I think it's been a couple of years. So for those who might not know you, introduce yourself again and maybe recap what's been happening over the last couple of years since you've been here last. Awesome. So, yeah, I... Uh Last couple of years, I've been touring basically full time and um, took a little bit of time off because I got married last fall. And we congratulations you know, on that. Yeah, just trying to do the adult thing and get married, buy a house, all that kind of stuff. I've got two cats, so I'm really home a lot more than I used to be. <laughs> do you find adulting difficult? It's um, it's good. Yeah, it's expensive to be an adult. Yes, it is. <laughs> but um, just you know, generally getting my life a little bit off the road. And um, when I was home from getting married and all that kind of stuff, I decided to make a new EP. So I did that this winter, and then um, just been hitting the road again this summer. Um, and up in Boston for the first time in a while. So this is kind of like where I started my music career. So it's always really fun to be back in the area and play shows and, um, you know, for all my, like, original fans that came out long, long before I was, like, doing anything actual, actually serious and putting out records and stuff. That's awesome. You've got a show coming up on Friday night. Yes. Uh, is it Friday? Friday I'm in Belfast, Maine, and then Saturday night I am in uh, Somerville. Playing. Saturday. That's the, yeah. that's the idea it's I'm thinking good. of. It's all good. So, yeah, I'm playing in Somerville at uh, Aeronaut Brewing, and they do, like, a really cool music series there right now. Um, so hopefully it'll be good. It's, like, 8 o'clock show. I'm on a Saturday night. I feel like it's hard to excuse going out. So if you feel inclined, you know. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the last time that you were here, you were promoting the album Field Notes. Correct. So how has the, the new EP evolved sound-wise, would you say? Well, actually, this EP was a different kind of style for me. So instead of doing like a full, you know, months in the studio with a producer and a big band, and uh, normally I would um, have rehearsals and then we would track everything piece by piece and add instruments and background vocals and um, spend weeks in the studio. For this EP, I decided since I was doing four kind of simple love songs in a way I wanted it to be um, a little bit more stripped down and so I actually just got together with a producer in Nashville and we hired two guys to play and I sang and we just um, did like the the in a circle recording live in a cabin kind of vibe so it's totally different it's just me and a couple guitars and bass and then we put a few little things in afterwards um did a few bgvs here and there but for the most part it's totally live and um there's not like that extra um fancy nashville sheen to this record like a lot of my other stuff has had so it's actually been really awesome to have something that sounds a little bit more like what i am just me and my guitar when i tour Sounds so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a fun little couple days, and it started snowing, and it was in a cabin in, in, in January, so it was very romantic. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we have Annalise Emmerich in studio tonight on 95.9 WATD. You've got the guitar in hand. Can we hear a song? Absolutely. This is a song that's on the new record, um, or the new EP, um, which is called The Right Heart EP, and this song is called Save Us Again.
What a great song to start the night off with. Thank you. Annalise Emmerich in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. Tell us what that song's all about, if you would. Well, actually, this song is uh, one of the first songs, or it's the first song I ever with my friend named Robbie Hecht, and he's a really awesome songwriter. He's um, been, in, been in Nashville for many years, way longer than most people, and writing great songs. And he's one of these people where I knew we had a lot of mutual friends, but I didn't know him directly. And so I started kind of just showing up at things and parties and shows where I knew he would be there. And I would get one of my friends to introduce me. And then once we kind of had that initial contact, I was like, you know, hey, we should hang out, like double date and, you know, whatever. And then we kind of just became friends because I forced myself to be friends with him because I really want to write songs with him too. And so then I finally kind of got in a writing room with him like a a year later or something. And we wrote that song. And there's this nasty bar in Nashville called the Edgefield sports bar and it's like a smoking bar and um there's pool tables and and it's like kind of a really like original honky tonk i can't go there because it's so smoky it's like painful but it's really fun if you just want to drink beer in the dark with your friends and so we were kind of imagining like an older couple who's been through a few hard times and kind of need to just get back to where it all started on the dance floor and dance it out and drink some beers and hang out with each other so that's where it's set and it's kind of fun i always picture that bar and i'm like i wonder if there's like an old couple on the dance floor working out all their extra problems from life right now but probably not <laughs> when i heard you playing that one of the one, you know what came into my mind was you know a throwback to those great you know real outlaw country singers of the 70s like uh, merle haggard or something like that and i could picture somebody like that doing that song you know that's back awesome. in that time yeah totally i think that's what we were we were trying to write a country song you know just basic basic country and just you know the crooner sad sad stuff <laughs> so the new songs that you've been writing are they mostly have they been co-writes and uh, is that something that, that's been new to your to your style um no i actually do a lot of co-writing i always kind of have it's so nice and to be able to just work out a song with somebody else i i mean usually a, a um a successful co-write usually starts with somebody coming in with a great idea or a few great ideas and then the other person latching on to one of those and you're able to hash it out. Uh, it's really hard to co-write with both of you just being like, yeah, I'll write about whatever. Like you kind of just have to have like a little song baby in your brain already, I, I feel like. Um, but it's definitely an art and I know a lot of people in Nashville do it every single day. I'm not one of those people that gets up and writes like four songs a day, but um People wake up and they write, they have co-writes at 10 and then they have another co-write at 2 with somebody else and that's kind of like their whole MO, which is awesome. But for me, it's good, I think, because I'm a, I'm like one of those people that needs to process things out loud. If I get all of my own head, I just kind of go in a spiral. So co-writing can be really good for, um, for, for really hashing out ideas quickly and making sure you like, you know, create something with, with an idea that you had for a song. 
Excellent. That is the yeah. voice of Annalise Emmerich here on WATD. And the new EP, tell us more about that and tell us where it's available. Sure. So the new EP is called The Right Heart EP, and it's actually um, a play on words from my... Uh, so I'm, I'm Annalise Emmerich, and I always will be for my music career. Um, that's my maiden name. And, but now, legally, I'm, my last name is... Uh, a, it's, it's called Droitcore, and people have a hard time pronouncing it because it's a little bit French. And so... But Droitcore translates loosely to right heart. And for me, after just um, finally getting married and just kind of settling down, it felt really sweet to play... Um, have a little play on words for my new last name as my EP title. And the four songs on the EP are all love songs. So there's four little love songs on there. And it's kind of like the right heart, like you finally found the right heart EP. Anyways, it's just like my little ode to my husband. Very cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So tell us where, where can people find this? They oh, like yeah. So- tonight. Where can they go to want uh, to get a copy of this totally so um obviously i have hard copies available at all my shows and they're five bucks but then you can get it on itunes and amazon you can stream it on spotify all of the local um or all of the like general music platforms and local ones too i hope probably not awesome (laughs) you'll be hearing more of it here on watd i can tell you that oh can we hear another song yeah totally so this is a song This is another song off the Right Heart EP. It's called A Person for Everyone. And I actually, um, I do a lot of my friends' weddings. Everyone's getting married these days. So I played this as a first dance song a couple weeks ago in Newport, Rhode Island at an August wedding. So it was literally the most perfect little wedding in Newport. I don't know how you could go wrong with a wedding in Newport, Rhode Island, but it was so sweet. And then um, I got to sing the first dance. And the couple are some dear friends of ours, and they were just singing along the whole time they were dancing. And I like could barely make it through the song without crying because I was like so touched. But that's that's when your songs really mean so much more. And they're just like, they've gone out to the world and they mean other things to people. And I'm just like the the what is it the medium or whatever (laughs) so this is called a person for everyone
That is Annalise Hemrick live in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. Awesome job on that one, too. Thank you, John. Tell us, if you would, how that song was written. Oh, my gosh. So that was another little one of those moments where you have a song idea. And then I have a dear friend in Nashville named Caroline Spence. And you guys should play all of her music. (laughs) She's the best. She's one of these people where you can just be like, I have this idea. And she's like, all right, I got the first verse already. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So um, I actually think I came to her with a couple of the verses written already. And then we hashed it out over a bottle of wine one afternoon or evening, I should say, maybe. I'm not sure. And... um, and then we wrote that song. She's one of those people where um, every time we get together, we always finish a song. And even if it's kind of a, a not a very great song, we, we always try to finish the song, which is a challenge as a songwriter. It can be really tricky to just not leave after you finish the second verse and you don't want to write the bridge. You're like, we'll come back to it. And we're like, no, we got to write this. And then we, uh, then we talk and uh, hang out and talk about The Bachelor for a few hours after we write the song. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the true life. <laughs> so typically when you're writing a song, whether it be solo or with uh, as a co-write, do those songs tend to come out very quickly or are they something that can take, you know, days, weeks, months, years? <laughs> something like that. I'm sure every songwriter has the same answer, but it just depends on the song. I feel like every time I have an idea, I think it's like so great. And sometimes it, it really does come out really fast and it's awesome. And it doesn't feel like I struggle with it at all. And then I've got songs that have been sitting in my book for years and I've never found a way to make them happen. And then one day I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to do this. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Lori McKenna earlier before we got here. And uh, Holly Williams has a song that is one of my favorite songs um, on her record, The Highway. And she talked about it when I went to see her play. Uh, she, she had this half a song written and she had a co-write with Lori McKenna and they sat down and Lori heard it and she was like, oh, well, you just need to do this. And then the song was finished. And Holly had been struggling with it for years, you know. It's like such a special little thing. Some people can hear it and turn it around for you or help you hash it out. Or sometimes it just hits you when you're driving one day or whatever. But Very true. It just depends. How do you think your music has evolved since you first started writing? <laughs> um, or maybe from your first record. Yeah, from the first record. And then now, I mean, I feel like um, I... I don't know. I just feel like it's different now because I'm older and it's been 10 years or almost 10 years since I even moved to Nashville. No, it's been over 10 years since I moved to Nashville and started doing music. And then I cut my first record in 2010 or 11. And and over these last, you know, seven, eight years, um, it has been, you know, my topics have changed drastically. It used to be about just boys that hurt me. And then it was about trying to find myself. And then it was about boys that were nice to me and then I married one and now I'm all like lovey-dovey and all my songwriting I can't write about anything but sweet things now I'm like I gotta go back to like when I was 16 and writing breakup songs all the time it's really hard because I'm not unhappy find to like your inner Alanis Morissette <laughs> oh that's my joke I'm always like what would Alanis think of me now she'd be so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you can always you can only hope that you're maturing and it's funny because you know when I was 22 and cutting my first record I never thought I would settle down. I wanted a troubadour for the rest of my life. And now I'm turning 30 this year. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to, like, have a kid and never work again and, and like, make crafts in my basement. Like, I just – but I also want to write songs on tour, too. But I just never thought I'd want other things. And so that changes your songwriting a lot, too. Very cool. Yeah. That is Annalise Hamrick in studio tonight here on Almost Famous, 95.9 WATD. We have to take our first break, but I think we have some more tunes heading your way next here on the tiny stage on 95.9 WATD, so stick around. Opening your eyes to new and wonderful things. You ever seen a grown man naked? But some things you need to learn on your own. Almost Famous, 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the tiny stage here on Almost Famous, 95.9 WATD. My name is John Shea. We're introducing you to local music from bands and musicians right here on the South Shore, into Boston, and all over New England, like we do every Tuesday night, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. My name is John Shea, and we are chatting tonight in studio with Annalise Emmerich. Annalise, how are you doing in there? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You're sounding great tonight. Thank you, John. So let's kind of recap as to what we've heard so far tonight. 
give us your backstory again. Tell us who you are and uh, give us maybe your online information as well. Yeah, totally. So I actually am from a really great town in Texas, Austin, Texas. Go Longhorns. And uh, grew up in Texas. And then when I was 18, I moved to Nashville and um, went to college, graduated, decided I need a big change in my life. So I moved to Boston. And I was up here for a couple years touring and, uh, you know, just living life and then the winters happened and I had to move back to Nashville. It was so bad. I just didn't have it in me. You guys are too tough. I mean, you're just <laughs> way tougher and I just had no idea what I was getting myself into. So, um, so I moved back to Nashville and cut a second record and then I just started touring full time and I've been on the road so, so much over the last, um, five or so years. Um, doing all the, 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 the circuits of all the singer-songwriter rooms and stuff all over the country and Europe. And um, it's been a dream and it's a privilege to live this life. And I'm all over Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, Annalise Emmerich. And um, it's a quick Google away, you know what I mean? Awesome. <laughs> what was it that drove you to Boston? Why'd you come here? So I, um, when I was in Nashville in college, my freshman year, I knew I wanted to have a um, kind of a summer adventure, and I didn't want to go home again to Texas. So I found a camp in Maine um, to be uh, that hired me to teach music, and I was um, just a camp counselor in general. I did all kinds of stuff, just general summer camp fun. And so I built a community up here with a bunch of kids from New England and. Um, my friends and, um, you know, future bridesmaids too. I mean, I, they were all at my wedding. And so we had this, we have this amazing, beautiful community, um, that stemmed from this camp. And so a couple of us, um, graduated from college around the same time. And we were all like, oh, we should just go get an apartment in Boston. And so there was like six of us that all moved in together in Boston and Jamaica Plain. And, uh, yeah, that lasted a, about a year, and then we were like, we should probably not live together anymore. Um, we're just too good of friends to do this and to our <laughs> relationships. But it was uh, it was a super awesome adventure, and I lived in JP for two years. And um, and the one, you know, you know how it is. But once you're in the Boston music scene, it's it's such a magical thing, and there's so much great stuff and so much good promotion and radio stations and amazing venues and people that really get you in the door in places. So I just found a really great place to start touring. And, and when you're in New England, you can get to um, a lot of places under like five or six hours, like Portland and Burlington and even like Toronto's like 10 hours and um, obviously New York City and Philly and all that kind of stuff. So that was a really good part of uh, living up north is that I was able to tour consistently and, and play a lot of new places in a short amount of time. And so... Um, yeah, it, it's really, it's unique in that way. And I think the Boston music scene is so good to their people. So it was an honor to be part of it for a while. Well, thank you. <laughs> is there a favorite venue that you, you enjoyed playing when, when you were in this area? Oh my gosh, that's a really hard question. I'm sure there's plenty, but I'm really bad at th remembering anything that happened to me yesterday or any or before. <laughs> but yeah, I've played a lot of really cool festivals. I mean, there's the people that do all the South Shore stuff are so cool. Um and I feel like, I mean, obviously Club Passim, I've played that and it's, it's amazing. It's a great room. They're always good. Um, and then I honestly, Portland, Maine has this really cool like um, club called Blue and it's, um, it's, they don't charge a cover ever, but they just take care of their artists so good and it's always packed. And I just had so many great shows up there. And, um, but in Boston, I feel like, I don't even know. I mean, I have to, I'd have, I literally have to go back and look at my calendar and be like, oh yeah, that was a really good show too. But <laughs> there's plenty. There's so many good ones and lots of great little festivals too. Lots of great house concerts, lots of great little festivals. I'm playing one in, this weekend in Middleborough um, called Joe Davies Folk Festival out at the Soul Homestead. And they're great people over there too. And they do a lot of cool music series stuff. Excellent. Yeah. And in addition to that, you've got an amazing new EP out, too. <laughs> yeah, I hope, it, I hope it's good. <laughs> Tell us about that, if you would, Annalise. Yeah, so the new EP is called The Right Heart EP, and um, it's four songs. It's, it's love songs. And uh, it was recorded in Nashville this past January in a little cabin and with just four guys, three guys and me, and we just tracked everything live, and it, we wrapped it up in, like, three days as opposed to a normal record, which can take months. And so it's kind of a stripped-down version of uh, all these songs. And um, 
it's available everywhere online and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Let's hear some more music. What are you going to cool. share with us next? So I'm actually going to do another new song. It's um, it, it's not on the new EP, but it came out this spring. It's a, just a single that I released, um, and it's uh, called January Blues. And I wrote it a couple years ago. And It's not that far away, actually, if you think about it. I know. January? Yeah. Oh, God, don't say that, John. That's <laughs> terrible news. Yeah, no, I was at a wedding in New Hampshire this weekend, and it was freezing. I was like, oh, winter's here in New Hampshire. Like, if we were wondering, it's definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this song, I was sitting in my house one night in January, and I was watching The Bachelor and drinking red wine, and I was like, girl, you... a theme here. Yeah, it's bad. No, it's like, if I have downtime, I'm watching bad reality TV. That's what I do. So I was like, girl, you better write a song or something. You got to get off the couch. So I sat down and wrote this song. Let's hear it. Annalise Emmerich, <laughs> 95.9-WATD. It's all yours. Watching way too much TV Find myself questioning Everything I've been building I think this is a common thing Everyone's hopes and dreams Get a little cloudy Emmerich in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD. Incredible. Thank you. Very nice. 
So tell us how that song kind of came to be. Was that after the EP came out? This song, no, I wrote it a couple years ago and just started playing it around and um, then uh, recorded it with the with the guys in the studio in January, but knew it didn't really belong on the Love Song EP because it's not about that and it didn't really fit the theme. So I released it back in March and just as a single, you can get it on iTunes and Amazon and um, Spotify and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually like one of the only songs I've recorded that's not on a project. It's just a... It's just a single. Excellent. And now, yeah. is that up on iTunes and Spotify and all oh, yeah. those places as well? Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. So, when you're, um, when you're putting songs together, do you ever go back and, and revisit a song that you may have written 10, 15 years ago? Or do you think that once a song is done, it's done? Um... I think I usually just try to... I think it's done. But I know that I think... I wouldn't ignore an urge to change a line or fix it, but that's just not in my nature. I feel like I'm kind of like a, and that's good, end it, you know, moving on. Uh, But I know that, like, if you ask, like, a proper songwriting professor or somebody who does this all the time or knows about all the different ways to make it happen, they tell you, like, just because you recorded a song or just because it's finished in your mind doesn't mean that you can't have an epiphany about it later and want to change a line or re-record it differently or change the tempo or all that kind of stuff. I mean... There's no rules, so if it needs to be fixed or changed or tweaked, I feel like you should follow that urge for sure. But not really in my nature. I don't know if I've done that, actually. So when you were putting this particular EP together, how many songs did you have written for this that you then narrowed down to what finally made the the, uh, the cut? Um, well, this one wasn't as much like an album like that where you have like a batch of songs and then you, you record a few and see how they're feeling and then... Um, you see if you need oh i probably need to write one here or oh i've got this one that i want to do or that one doesn't belong in this set anymore or whatever but this one i just i knew i'd collected these like four little love songs over the last couple of years and felt like i just wanted to record them all and put them on a record together and i and i made and i built the project around the songs i like i knew that i wanted like a love song ep that's awesome yeah very cool so since then have you started working on the next project no, no way. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm completely independent, so it takes a lot of cash and um, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like uh, every time I get in the studio, I'm like, all right, I've dumped all my money away and got to save up again for the next recording. But it's, you know, you can do it pretty cheap these days with all the home studios and stuff. But but for me, um, no, I mean, yes, I will I'm always looking towards the next project and waiting for the new batch of songs to come about for it. But at, like mentally, no, I'm not prepared for any of that right now (laughs) so sort of a follow-up question to that is what what do you think was easier making a complete album or doing this four song project um i don't know they both have their hard parts for sure the album it just takes so much longer i did 11 songs last time and um you have to hire all these extra people to come in and do what they do best and play the dobro and do the background vocals and stuff but this one also I was trying to be really careful about what we what our choices were because um, I didn't want it to get too produced or too sh- shined up, and so you know we were kind of towing that line, and it was you know you're kind of pulling yourself back the whole time, like nope, it doesn't need that. It's just a beautiful song, just leave it, you know. So um, yeah, I feel like they both have their challenges, but this one also was easier because we only did four songs we recorded five and then we released a single and then we did the rest of them on the project but the four songs were easy to just get down and then listen back and be like okay that that was pretty let's just keep that instead of over analyzing it and tweaking and doing vocals again and again and again because the vocals that we recorded the first take were the ones that we kept every time so we just and that was a choice that i wanted to make for the songs because i felt like they didn't need to be really really produced and all that so awesome yeah so I want to go back to your last album, Field Notes. There was a song called Patti Smith. Okay. Where you, you referenced Patti Smith, Lou Harris, Janis Joplin. Totally. And I'm curious to know who, who your influence is when you, were, when you were growing up. Who did you yeah. listen to? Um, for me, it all started with the Dixie Chicks and um, Patti Cline, Willie Nelson, Alanis Morissette for sure. And um, my mom played a lot of like Lyle Lovett. My dad played a lot of like Dire Straits, and um, but being a kid in the '90s, '90s women country was really awesome and strong. I mean, we had people like Reba and Martina and Faith, 
and Winona and all those kind of awesome powerhouse women vocalists. Obviously, Trisha Yearwood, she's like the best class act lady. And so that's kind of what I grew up listening to. And I loved the storytelling of their music. A lot of them don't write their own tunes. But um, and so I didn't really get into songwriting until later in life when I picked up the guitar and was like, oh, my gosh, a boy broke my heart. I got to write a song about this. But um, definitely the good old country songs was where it started for me. And growing up in Texas, that's quite abundant. So it's, you don't have to go far for it. And then over the years, um, getting deeper into like the Americana circuit with like the Brandy Carlisles and the Patty Griffins and people like that where it's like, wow, these are like true, true artists. They write all their own music. They're amazing and live and all that kind of stuff too. And and once you get into, down to that whole, the Americana world will just take you. I can't listen to anything but like great Americana songs anymore. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So one of the things um, that you mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the powerhouse country singers of the 90s didn't write their own songs. That seems to be a common theme in Nashville. Have mm. you ever thought about, you know, pitching one of your songs to anybody and, and who would that be? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those things where you just, if you don't have a publishing deal and someone's not actively pitching your songs, it's kind of not going to happen. I mean, it's just so rare for someone to like hear it in a bar and be like, I want to cut that song or I have an artist that should cut that. And people have come up to me and that's definitely happened and, and you know, you email them and they never get back to you. But I feel like if Carrie Underwood wants to cut any of my songs, I'm totally fine with that because <laughs> I feel like I could make a couple grand at least if it's like a deep cut or whatever. But um, there's people that, you know, write for artists and that's what that's what they want to do. But um, for me, it's always been like, I want to sing. I want to, I want to play shows. Like that's my thing. And, um, it's a, it's challenging. It's a different kind of lifestyle, but but I would never say no to someone being like, I want to I want to cut this song. But yeah, do it, dude. I don't care. Sweet. It's great. <laughs> Let's hear some more music. What do you cool. want to play for us next? Yeah. So this is uh this is like a little summer camp song. I, uh, I played it at this wedding in New Hampshire this last weekend. Um, when I was going to summer camp in Maine as a counselor all through college, my whole life kind of changed because I found my people and found my voice singing around a campfire can really be a special thing for someone who's still searching for their path and all that kind of stuff and when I just started writing this song I was like I want to write a camp song but we don't need any more like you know pizza man or princess pat songs we need like a song about camp counselors and the magic that that is and so this song is about being a camp counselor and if you send your kids to camp this song does reference beer. Sometimes we drink beer on days off at camp when uh, you know the kids are sleeping and we're far, far away. Don't don't freak out. Like your children are very safe at camp. But you know, um, this is about domestic or imported. Uh, <laughs> it was just whatever we could find. <laughs> no, but I I I feel like when you have this safe, you're you're safe. You're you're with your people and you're sitting around a campfire. You can just feel that infinity feeling. And the world is is out there and you're just ready to do it and fall in love and just live your true path. And so that's kind of what this song tries to capture. What's it called? Twinkling Lights. All right. Annalise Emmerich, <laughs> 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. There was a place in Maine not that long ago where we would hide away for several months or so. Tucked beneath the pines and under summer skies, a bunch of 20-somethings running barefoot every night. And some of us were new and some had been for years. And a few of us found love and all of us had fears. Every single night we gathered by the fire and sing away the night and oh. searching for the meaning of it all falling deep in love 
loving sneaking out at night somehow it just felt right and oh when the fire burns out and the embers all die we still have all our stories like stars in the sky and we will always remember how we Annalise Emmerich in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. Amazing job on that one, too. Thank you so much. So what do you miss most about not living the troubadour life and not being on the road? <laughs> well, I will. I Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the thing to master when you're doing the troubadour thing is to find time for yourself and at home. So um, I don't. What I don't miss is driving through Kansas and places like that or like Idaho or places like that. But what I do miss is getting to tell my story and connect with people every night and play for people that have never heard of me and and make new friends and potential new fans. And, um, you know, it's really magical. It can be really fun. But it's also kind of crappy sometimes when you're sleeping on a floor or you have to ask your friend again if you can stay on their couch for a couple of days when you're in, stuck in Colorado or whatever the story is. Um, but, I mean, I do tour enough still that I feel like I get my, my get my dose and then I go home and hang out with my cats for a few, you know, three <laughs> or four weeks and then I go back out for a couple of weeks. And so it's, I think it's a balance, especially now that I'm getting older and I want to do other things and the world is so big and life is long. And I mean, I don't know if I don't have like someone paying me and like sponsoring my tour and putting me on a fancy tour bus and stuff. Me and my Prius can only handle so much these days. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you've played all over the world. Is there a a special place that that, that's your favorite in the time that you've been doing this? There's a lot of really cool places. I mean, I love a good show in like Oregon and at Portland and Seattle. They have really awesome scenes and Portland, Maine is a really special place. Um, but I've also played a lot in um, Germany. I'll be back there next month for a three-week tour in Europe, all throughout Denmark and Belgium and Germany and Switzerland. And they are so good to American artists over there. Um, they really love the, the American kind of Nashville country singer-songwriter crowd. So they just have these magical places where they come and where they let you come and play and they put you up and they feed you amazing things and it's so fun so that is probably one of the highlights of doing what I do is getting to go abroad and play for people and even if they don't speak English they the music translates somehow and they they 
love you and you love them and you make an amazing connection with people in um, other countries and just like the tiny little towns in Germany. Um, I, you know, I was there a couple years ago and I remember this one gig in this town called Lübeck and it was a Tuesday night show at this really cool kind of um, venue, restaurant kind of place and they had this cool stage and um, all of a sudden, it, like I was about to go on and the place was just completely filled with people like up against the wall, up against the bar, no place to walk. And they just sat there for two hours and listened to me sing and they loved it. And I was just like, you guys are amazing. Like, thank you. And you don't even speak English. You barely can understand what I'm singing about, but they just love it. And it's pretty special over there. That's amazing. Yeah. We have uh, to take our final time out of the night here. Uh, it is uh, just coming up to about 9.50, and I think we have time for one more song. Does that work for you? That works for me. All right. Cool. We have Annalise Emmerich in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. Don't forget, Peter Black and the Wide World of Blues comes your way at 10. Giving you what you want. I want milkshake. I want potatoes. You'll get nothing and like it. Okay, not everything. Almost Famous, 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD, the South Shores radio station. My name is John Shea. You're learning about local bands and musicians from right here on the South Shore into Boston and all over New England. We call it Almost Famous. We do it every Tuesday night brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass, Route 53 in Pembroke online at tinyandsons.com. Keep listening to WATD. Peter Black and the Wide World of Blues comes your way at 10, bringing you all things blues, whether that's music that's inspired by blues, the music that blues inspires. You'll hear a little bit of everything in the Wide World of Blues tonight, starting at 10 o'clock, and I think at 11 o'clock tonight, Peter Black will do a tribute to the Grateful Dead. They do it almost every Tuesday from 11 to 12, so stick around tonight. A lot of great music heading your way here on WATD. And for a little bit longer, we're in studio tonight with Annalise Emmerich. Annalise, you are sounding incredible tonight. Thank you for coming to Marshfield. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> so you're not technically from Boston, but you spent enough time here for us to call you our own. <laughs> Tell us once again who you are and uh, what's going on with this new EP that's available. Awesome. Yeah. So Annalise Emmerich and I have a new EP that came out um, May 5th. So I've been touring um, a little bit with this year with that. Um, it's a four-song collection and um i am playing in the area in new england over the next week or so i've got shows in burlington in maine i'm playing um in somerville on saturday i'm playing a festival on sunday in middleborough um and then i'm playing in northampton new hampshire on next thursday so got a bunch of dates you can all find them at annaliseemmerich.com instagram facebook all that good stuff so Awesome. And you, you did mention you're from Texas. I know it's a yes. huge state, but everybody's safe? Yes. You know, I, all my people are safe. I, Fantastic. I feel, yes. Excellent. It's been a, been a journey. Before we hear the uh, final song, why don't you give us your website? So my website is AnnaliseEmmerich.com. It's A-N-N-A-L-I-S-E-E-M-E-R-I-C-K. Awesome. Annalise, get home safely, and um, what are you uh, taking us to the top of the hour with? This is a song off the new EP. It's called All I Want to Do with Is Be With You. And uh, it's basically about how if I never had to, got to sing again, if I got to just hang out with my husband and my cats, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> Want to give them a shout-out, the cats and your husband? Yeah, my Edison and Franklin. They're named after inventors. That's our cats. And my husband, Gordon. He's pretty cool. Excellent. Annalise, thank you again. Get home safely, <laughs> and let's hear the song. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Look at us, still hand in hand, doing all the things we planned. Sometimes I wish we could go back again. Back when it felt like one long day and we would talk the night away. Back when I couldn't wait to hear you say. Deeper than the sword and stone 
Look at us. 